Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Wednesday, October 7th, 2020. I am Andrew Hansen, joined by the one and only Joe Sarvati, who is affectionately known as Coach. And today, this is exciting. We are previewing Game 5 of the NBA Finals. The Larry O'Brien Trophy is up for grabs. The Lakers could take it. They're up 3-1. Coach, are you ready for Game 5? I am ready, man. This is awesome, flipping the, the roles here a little bit. I, I like being <laughs> the, the analyst instead of the host. It's pretty yeah. cool, man. You're, I mean, this is great. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally fired up. I, I think Miami still has some life in them. I'm, I'm going to believe they're going to come out kicking and fighting here, and I think we're going to get a really good game. Well, they're going to have to because um, the Lakers aren't messing around. LeBron sent that text out to the team before game four, must win. And they stepped up. They got it yeah. done, even with Bam back in the lineup. So uh, we're geared up for game five here. And, and we are going to give Coach a little bit of a breather. We're going to let him just focus on his analysis. I'll handle the usual hosting duties and keep everybody on their toes, have a little bit of fun here uh, before, before game five. So uh, let, let's start with the line here. Uh, thanks okay. to our, our partners at betus.com.pa. And I would quiz you, but I think it'd be a boring quiz because it's right in the same area that we've had here throughout the series. And well, you got to let me take a shot. Okay, if you I want to. I okay. haven't looked, so right. I'll, it'll be an honest shot. All right. Since so you're you always hitting everything right on the nose, I'm going to say Lakers by eight. All right. So you're thinking there's confidence in Vegas that in the Lakers to get it done. I well, think so. It's actually Lakers minus seven. Oh, okay. Not so if too you're, bad. If but you're yeah. confident in the Lakers, you've got a little bit of a wiggle room to take that side. Yeah, yeah. And I'll even, let's see, over under, how about spinning that 216 ish range? I'll stay with the 216 number. You got it. Nice call. 216 What's that? it is. 216 no, on the number. Yeah. No, <laughs> it is. <laughs> All right. What do I yeah. win? Can you send it to me, please? Uh, you win the, the pride, the pride of, of positive feelings. Well, that means so, don't bet the over-under because I think it's going to land right on it, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> and, of course, last game was low low scoring for this series. It was 102 yeah. to 96. So uh, I would play the under if I was going to play anything here. Um, but we'll just have to uh, we'll just have to see how it plays out. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to play the Lakers and the under and root for those two sides, you yeah, know, when you have tough. a favorite. It is, yep. but those might be the two best sides to take, to be honest with you. But, you know, it, they don't quite coincide. When you're rooting, you want a bucket, then you don't want a bucket. You know, it's one of those yeah. one of those tough, tough. deals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would kind of lean towards the Miami here and the oh, under. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, at seven points, I think. I think they will give it a go here and, and play hard, play well, keep it close. You know, they are they already are already play so hard. Yeah. They're so well conditioned. Um, and they just never seem to take a night off. Yeah. And 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 we saw in that Boston series how many times they came back despite big second half deficits. So they've got that in the back of their minds. They know they can do it. They've done it before. So yeah. I, I think they'll fight down to the wire here and and keep it close. Yeah, you know, I do too. But again, we've talked about this throughout the series. When that line is six or seven, that doesn't mean that, you know, a team doesn't foul twice at the end and give up four foul shots and they're chucking threes. 
And, you know, that's what makes that line so tough. Uh, you know, that that vicinity of five to eight ish, even almost, uh, you know, you you get some backdoor covers like that that sting. So it's it's a tough one. I think those lines are right on the money, though. That's for sure. Excellent. Well, a quick uh, review of game four from a DFS perspective. Coach, you went with a balanced build, and that was a, a productive approach. It was a winning build. Um, and, you know, the prices have really changed here on, on game five. It's going to be a little bit of a different analysis on both sites. So, so we'll go through that uh, one step at a time. But where do you want to start? You want to start with the Heat side or the Lakers? Let's start with the Heat this time because okay. I've got a couple of things couple thoughts there for sure. So, All right. Well, let me set the stage. We've got Bam back in the mix. He ended up playing 33 minutes. Yeah. And at this point, we're recording this on Wednesday evening, about 48 hours ahead of game time, because yeah. we just can't wait any longer. we got to get into this. Got to get it out there. At this point, we don't have any new updates on Dragic, so we're going to assume that he's out. We're going to uh, go through most of our analysis here with the assumption that he will not start, he will not play. We'll mention a brief minute on if he does, but assuming Dragic is out, you know, what are your thoughts on Butler and Bam and the big high-priced guys for Miami? Well, you know, it, it's interesting because this series, as it's gone on, seems to have sort of morphed in to what the last series was: Anthony Davis and and uh, LeBron against Jokic and Murray. It's it's pretty much now. With but you know with Bam looking fine and going to play big minutes, it's sort of Anthony Davis and LeBron against Butler and Bam. It really has turned into that. So you know we're back to that dilemma of what build do you go with? Do you try to get in as many of these guys, three of the four, and uh, have the the cheaper captain, which is one strategy. And as you mentioned, what worked for me last time is I just bit the bullet with LeBron, spent the money at captain, and he busted over 100 uh, points for me at 102.75 as captain, and then played Davis in that second role. But I didn't get the third guy in. I just went with a, a medium build, like you said, the rest of the way. And it ended up panning out because there were some guys that were big disappointments like Howard and such in this game. So, you know, it's it's that balance of do you want to, you know, go more of the try to get three stars in, put a cheaper captain, or do we just make one of those studs a captain and, you know, create a medium build? For me, uh, you know, this is one of those scenarios where I, I'm, I'm not going to stick with the same strategy because I feel that it's gone more of, four-star type scenario, my goal is to build three of those stars in there and have maybe not the cheapest captain and then a value guy at the other side. So that's that's my initial build here. And a lot of that, like I say, is due to the fact that I've seen a little bit of regression or holes in Hero and Duncan Robinson's game. Defensively, they're atrocious. The two of them cannot defend. So I think you're going to have a little bit more in an elimination game with guys like Iguodal and stuff that you trust that can defend that have been there. And, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm a huge hero fan. I'm not crushing those guys. It's just the fact is they're rookies. You know, I mean, they're not used to this type of scenario. So in, in the regression of some of those ancillary guys for the Heat, 
I now want to focus more on Bam and Butler. So not to let the whole cat out of the bag right away, but I'd like to go with Bam, Butler, and either Davis or LeBron. I, that's okay. the decision that I have to make and then figure out the build from there. So that's that's what I'm thinking initially. Okay, interesting. So obviously you're talking really about that uh, <clears throat> the DraftKings build and who to put in as your captain. And I think it is really fascinating. This is the first time in this series where I, I feel more balanced about all the different options at captain, whether you spend up for a guy like Butler, Davis, or AD, and then you, you know, then you really can't get as many guys in there as you want in terms of the studs, because Jimmy Butler's been priced up. So if you play him on either site, it changes everything. You know, he's up to 10.8 on DraftKings. He was yeah. only 9.6 before. And on FanDuel, he's gone from 14,000 up to 15,000, which doesn't sound like much. But on FanDuel, if you play Butler, LeBron, and AD, you're going to have to play two guys who aren't going to get in the game. You, you, non-desirables? You, yeah, non-desirables. <laughs> guys who did not play in game four. You can't play those three studs on FanDuel and get two other guys who you know are going to get some minutes, which we could have done in game four. Yeah. Um, so Butler's increase in price changes things dramatically on FanDuel. And it does a little bit less so on, on DraftKings, but it is still a major factor because – you know, Bam is still expensive, and uh, you know, Hero has been priced up to nine thousand. Duncan yeah. Robinson was only five thousand. Now he's seven thousand. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I, those know, two guys have been priced out for me. That's for darn sure. Yeah, they, you know, they're they're steadier over on Fanduel, but very expensive on DraftKings. Yeah. Now you mentioned Iguodala, and yes. I, I do want to talk about him because I think he could be the X factor on DraftKings. I do too. He's really the only guy on Miami who was priced down from game four, and he's all the way down to 2400 No, it's amazing. He's down a full thousand dollars, and he played 20 minutes. I mean, right. he didn't do anything, really, exactly. but he was in there 20 minutes. So, yeah, I'm with yeah. you. And if you look at his minutes for the series, he's gone 25, 26, 17, and 20, but yeah. the last three games have been duds for him. I so. Know. People aren't going to want to play him, but no. with a build like uh, Butler or LeBron or AD as your captain, I have found that you know trying to fill out that lineup, Iguodala is like the only affordable guy for that last spot a bunch of times. So, yep. you know, you 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 kind of have to consider him, uh, and maybe you know is he due for? a spike in fantasy output because we know that he can really rise to the occasion on a championship level. You know, he's right. a real veteran here of the finals. So, you know, do you think there's a chance he kind of wakes up here and, and is more productive? I, you know, for me, he's the safest value cash play on DraftKings. I, I just, I mean, he's going to make my lineup. I, I can tell you right now. I mean, I know he's had duds, you know, 6.75, 7.25, and 11.5 isn't going to get it done. But it's an elimination game. The rookies are sort of leaking oil a little bit. They're going to, I think, have to turn to him. And, you know, if you look at the, the games before those duds, these were playoff games. He played 25 and 28 minutes in back-to-back -back games, the Boston and then the first Lakers game. And he had uh, 26.25 and 24.25. So if he puts up that game, you know, nothing spectacular, just what he is capable of doing. 
at 2.4, I mean, that's box cars, that's 10X. So, I mean, I, I think from a value perspective, the way everything's been priced out, specifically on DraftKings, if you wanna have a stacked front side, you know, and have three of, of the four studs, I think he is almost a plug and play automatic play on DraftKings, not on FanDuel, but on DraftKings. Yeah, he really makes the, the numbers work. So He does. Um, I, I certainly am going to be considering him in some builds. The other guy on the Miami bench that I'm more excited about, but who's more expensive, is Kendrick Nunn. And he's up at 4000 And this is a guy who I, I said before game four was worth considering as a GPP play yeah. with, with Dragic being out again. And sure enough, he got 11 shots, which yeah. was actually three more than anyone off the bench on either team. Uh, Markeith Morris attempted eight shots, but he took 11 shots and yeah. he was out there for 26 minutes. The, the problem was he only made two of his shots. So he didn't he didn't really pay off value in game four, but at 4,000 on DraftKings, I'm willing to go back to him if if he's going to get those big minutes without Dragic and you know get somewhere between eight and 10 shot attempts. I'll take my chances there in a GPP. Yeah, you know, I don't blame you. I think it's it's logical. Uh, you know, I look at it from the perspective of I don't only want to go down super low for one one reach. And and the fact that he's sixteen hundred dollars cheaper, I'm speaking of Igadala to none, you know, it just it like you said, it makes things work. I get the none play, but I just I did not feel good watching the really the three rookies, let's face it, that Miami plays and needs to take big shots. If Duncan Robinson, Hero, and Nunn aren't shooting the ball well right now from outside, they're dead. And they're not shooting the ball right now very well. I, th I mean, they're feeling the pressure. I mean, it's great experience for these all three of them going forward. But, uh, you know, I just I don't really want to lean on those three rookies this game. But if I did pick one of those three based just on price alone, I think Nunn is, is a, a logical choice. Uh, you know, if he gets 10 shots up again and makes five of them, gets a few ancillary, uh, you know, stats, he can pay off his his uh, salary for sure. So, you know, I, I can see it. Uh, I, I doubt I'm going to go there, though. OK, you know, I, I always look for a cheaper guy as a potential captain on DraftKings. And again, in GPPs, he is the guy for me. I in terms of anybody under 4,000 on DraftKings who I think could go for 25 fantasy points, I think he's the most likely. Not that it's highly likely, but right. if you put him as, in as a captain only on DraftKings, then you can get you know multiple studs in there and really be excited about the rest of your lineup. So that's one thing to consider. But again, on this slate with this pricing, I, I do like uh, different options at captain. Yeah. And um, you know, before we wrap up on Miami, I, I do want to touch on Duncan Robinson for for one more point here, and get your thoughts on it. Which is, you know, if you really look inside the numbers, I mean, he was a difference maker in Game Four for DFS winning lineups. You yeah. had him in, in your winning lineup that we gave out to members. But you know, one of the keys for him was getting fouled on th on three pointers. He went six for six at the free throw line. Yeah, and you know, without that. His, his line is just not that attractive. You know, he only no. took seven shots. He went four of seven from the field, 
we've talked on multiple podcasts here about the, how the Lakers have done a great job limiting his attempts because yeah. you just don't want that guy getting open looks. And I, I think it's a little misleading if you just look at the fantasy point total and you look at what Robinson did in game four, you might you might really not see the, the inside story there. And you couple that with the fact that his price is so much higher now. I just don't really see myself playing Duncan Robinson here. Yeah, no, he's a full pass for me. And I've used the guy in spots. But, I mean, we, we pointed out at the beginning of this uh, series that we felt the Lakers were going to play tough D on him because his three-point shooting is imperative uh, for – uh, for the heat. So, you know, he, he didn't get that many shots up. And if you remember some of those shots were Chuck and duck kind of shots. I mean, off of one foot curling around, you know, not balanced and he can make some of those, but you know, percentage wise, nobody's going to shoot a great percentage with those kind of shots. So uh, I think LA continues to try to take that away from them. And uh, he's such uh, a poor defender right now that I think that really is going to hurt some of those crunch minutes uh, with Spolster as well. There were at least three times that Heat players got layups on him and two of them were and ones in important parts of the game where he just could not defend. So I think that that is a drawback, especially with his increased price. Yeah, I agree. All right. The final thing I want to ask you about on the Miami side uh, before we switch over to the Lakers, is about Goran Dragic, if he plays, what his potential impact might be in terms of you know the rest of the starting lineup. Because we know that, you know, just from a rotational standpoint, the biggest impact is that Kendrick Nunn is not going to play. I mean, maybe he gets out there for a couple of minutes, but his role basically disappears if Dragic is back in there. So other than none kind of being uh, having a disappearing act here, if Dragic does miraculously find his way onto the court, you know, does does his presence uh, would, would that make you shy away from Butler and or Bam? No, not at all. I, I the, where the usage would would take a hit would be hero and then none off the bench. I think none would probably play a little bit, but. I, first of all, I don't think Dragic plays. He has a torn plantar fascia. That's right. Hey, I got it, finally, <laughs> after four t- attempts. So, I mean, the guys, that takes a long time to heal. I mean, I just don't see, I'd say the chances of him playing are like 5%. So I don't want to waste too much time. But if he plays, it's just automatic, which I'm already fading them, but I would not play hero or none. But it would not bother me with Bam and Butler, because if some way he finds a way to drag himself out there, he won't play a ton of minutes and it's not going to take away from those two studs. So, you know, I, I could tell you right now, Butler and Bam will be in every lineup that I build. Those are the only two guys that I'm really counting on from the heat in this game. And Iguodala would be a third wheel just because of salary. Excellent. All right. Well, before we get to the Lakers side, Let's hear from Coach's favorite voice from our partners at betus.com.pa. Wake up, sports bettors. Sports are in high gear at betus.com, so put down the beer and make every sporting event more exciting by putting stakes on the line at BetUS. Earn bragging rights over your friends as you rake in the cash from each week's betting action. But don't settle for any other book. 
Choose America's favorite sports book with over 25 trusted years in the industry. Bet US. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, but more importantly, you need a sports book that pays. Bet US has your game with action on football, baseball, basketball, MMA, golf, horse racing, and even esports. No other sportsbook welcomes newcomers like BetUS with their jaw-dropping sign-up bonuses. Sign up now with promo code COACHTALK for 125% sign-up bonus up to two grand. The best in the biz. Now you have the best book in the business with the best DFS provider in the business, Coach Talk. Create your account to make point spread bets, futures bets, prop bets, entertainment bets, live bets, and more. No other sportsbook is as committed to their members as BetUS. Sign up now and get in on the winning side of the ball. Okay, welcome back. Thank you again to our partners at BetUS. Uh, make sure to use that promo code COACHTALK. And uh, Coach, before the break there, we were talking about the unlikely scenario of if Goran Dragic plays. And the reason we do that is just uh, you know to, to cover it uh, just in case and remind people that what we do at Coach Talk is we prepare for every scenario so that before we give out lineups, uh, you know, we're, we're not flustered if 30 minutes before lock uh, something changes. There's there's news. You know, we're ready to react to it. So do you want to tell folks a little bit about uh, membership at DFS Coach Talk and how we provide lineups? Absolutely. Uh, you know, first of all, I want to thank all the, the folks out there. We our views uh, here on YouTube have been fantastic. So, you know, if you are watching us on YouTube right now, please hit that thumbs up, hit that subscribe button. That is huge for us. And we really, really appreciate that. And then click the little alarm on the right side because that uh, is going to let you know when these podcasts post. And with golf and all the football podcasts and basketball, uh, you know, they're all uh, posting at different times. So definitely catch that. But then the next logical step is to become a member, as Andrew said, and uh, you just go to DFSCoachTalk.com. You can become a weekly, monthly, annually, or uh, we still have seven more days of the uh, fall special, which runs until the end of the year. Uh, We designed that specifically for the guys that mostly focus on football, but you get everything here when you become a member at Coach Talk. All of our insight, our content, open discord with all of our members and pros. We produce uh, a coach's clipboard when it's a multi-game slate. If it's a showdown slate, you're getting a core four on DraftKings, and then you're getting a full lineup on FanDuel and on Yahoo. So we're setting you up, uh, you know, to just absolutely crush it and, you know, giving, discussing pivots, and everything else throughout. So we'd love to have you join us. It is the best way to see this process through. And as you know, as Andrew and I have, have built this process up throughout when we launched in the spring, you know, if you can catch this podcast, get the insight, listen to how we're game scripting, because we're really trying to get the game beneath the game in the coach's eye, in the way that things are going to unfold and game scripted out so that we not only have hand-built lines, but we're using all the statistics to build those. So, you know, those that are, you know, big optimizer folks, I get it, it's great, stats are great, but to just plug in optimizer lineups, I think you're doing a disservice to putting the best team out there that you can. I think you utilize that as part of it, and that's what we do for you here at Coach Talk. We're working on this stuff 
24-7. We're, you know, setting up scenarios of lineup so that you can adjust if there are changes, as, as Andrew mentioned. And, you know, that third piece of after following us throughout the day on, on uh, Twitter and, you know, in Discord is jumping in Discord 30 minutes before every lock for every sport. That's when we put those lineups up. That's when we discuss it. We're checking weather, injuries, COVID cancels, fire cancels. We've had everything this year. It's been that crazy year. So, you know, we'd love to have you. Definitely uh, jump in at DFSCoachTalk.com and give us a try. Even if it's for a week, I think you're going to love what we bring forward. And our team does a really fantastic job. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we love doing these podcasts here uh, to, to try to help you build your lineups. And, you know, we are here at the uh, second half of this uh, breakdown because we're going to start talking about the Lakers. And so the yeah. million dollar question is going to come up for you, Coach, here. LeBron versus AD, because yeah. it's a it's a more important question here on both sides of if you can only play one, which one are you going to go with? Well, you know, I, I hate to do this because it sounds like I'm dodging, but I'm not. I, I truly, and you you guys know that listen on a regular basis, I'm an open book, but I truly haven't decided yet. I, I'm only going to go with one of the two. I just don't know which one yet. I want to do a little more analysis. I want to see what I'm going to dig into tonight if you guys are doing some of it uh, yourself. And I'll tell you, I, I strongly recommend basketball basketballreference.com because you can go back and look at matchups, who's on the floor, what the usage was, and we dig into that stuff every day. And I just want to do a little bit more digging on the production of Davis and the production of LeBron when Bam's on the floor. Because now that we know, you know, last game we didn't know if we were going to get, you know, uh, a short Bam or he could get hurt again. We didn't know what the case may be. But in preparing for this, I think we know Bam's going to get probably 35 minutes and be out there. So I'm going to try to find out whatever edge uh, that we can. Also with Dragic out of there, I know he doesn't guard LeBron or, or AD, but it still creates a shuffle in the defensive set. And, you know, I want to dig in on that. So uh, the best thing to do, and, and again, this is not a tease to, to join. It's just I, I'll make my decision for sure, uh, you know, by tomorrow with that AD and uh, or LeBron move. And I think that's going to be, you know, the defining decision probably to, to, to take something down. So I'm still a split decision. One of them will be in there. How about you, though? Where are you leaning? Well, um, you know, it, it is it is site dependent. I, I am going to have some lineups on DraftKings where I have both of them in there, because if you go with a cheap captain like a nun, then you can afford them both. And you can even get Jimmy Butler in there. Uh, on FanDuel, you know, it's a different story. If you yeah. go with both of those guys, you can't really use – you can't use Butler. So no. you, you could go down to BAM, but I don't think I want to do that. So that I, gets I think – That real tight too. That gets tight too. So on FanDuel, I just want to use one of them. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, I, I wrestled with it for quite a bit on game four. Um I think I'll do the same on game five. I'm not quite ready to make a decision yet. But, you know, a couple things here. One is AD's defensive focus last game, uh, you know, four blocks. You know, he made some big plays there. He did. Uh, that was good to see. 
and nine rebounds. You know, we know that he struggled a bit on rebounding. And I think part of that was because the Lakers went small. You know, Howard didn't come back into the game after he started. And yeah. then, you know, that leaves AD on Bam a little bit more, and he's closer to the basket. When he's out guarding guys like Crowder on the perimeter, he lets LeBron and Rondo and, you know, yeah. Caruso and all these other guys swarm in the paint for the rebound. So that, you know, it's, it's kind of an important domino effect of Dwight Howard. Does he start? Does he does he play more than one uh, stretch? Uh, so what, what are your thoughts there? Do you think Vogel trots Howard out there again to start the game? And if he does, does he get another chance to come back in? You know, I, I am I have already crossed Howard off as an option. And, and the reason being is I just don't see any extended run. And I think that they feel that they have the formula going smaller. Markeith Morris is playing fantastic basketball. I mean, he is he is playing the role in there with AD. They're big enough. They're rebounding enough. It brings that element of shooting into play. And, you know, Howard is an irritant, and they don't really need him to be as much. Like, with the Joker, it was perfect, and it fit. He got the big minutes. You know, I don't know if he even starts. I mean, Morris started the second half. I could see them starting Morris, and, he, you know, he's highly in play for me. Uh, obviously, McGee's out of the question. For me, I'm not going to gamble with Howard, even at that low price. But Marquise Morris on both sites is priced right, and, you know, he makes sense. I, I, he really does. Under, you know, the, the fact that whether he starts or not, they're going to play a lot of small ball because they their plus minus when playing small ball is terrific. And if you look at these look at the last two games, 30 minutes and 25. And even if he's a little smaller role as the a cheaper guy that you're help building out your lineup, he played 15, 17, 18, 17 minutes, and he's productive when he's in there. He's he's going to shoot the ball. You know, in the last two games, he's combined for 28 real points along with nine uh, clutch rebounds, four assists, and only one turnover. So he's he's very efficient. Uh, I think at his price, only 8000 uh, on FanDuel makes him very playable. And, you know, I can't believe I'm wanting to roster Markeith Morris, uh, of all guys. I think Marcus is much better. Maybe it's his brother. That's what it is. They switched. It's Marcus <laughs> has been playing the whole time. <laughs> it is hard to tell. It is he hard to is. tell. He's playing like more like Marcus than Markeith. But uh, and then on DraftKings, you know, the same you got the same deal. Thirty six hundred. That's some cheap, uh, cheap bananas there. And I'm looking at, you know, my eyes are, you know, Wahuga or whatever that is. When I'm looking with if I put Morris and Igadala in there, they only combine for six thousand in salary. Then you can start looking at Bam Bam and Butler, Davis, LeBron, you know, three of those four guys pretty right. easily. So that's what I'm leaning at right now. So to answer your question, no, Howard's dead to me, sir. Okay. And I'm looking at Morris as a, a viable option. Okay. Well, there is a lot to life to like about Markeith in terms of his price and his minutes. You know, he has really stepped up. Like you said, he got to start the second half. Played 30 minutes. Uh, I will I will note also with him, though, he got fouled on a three-pointer. If that doesn't happen, he only has six points, three rebounds, and two assists. So not as attractive of, a, you know, of an output. 
especially if, if you talk about per minute. So, yeah. you know, that could change. I mean, I do like the way he looks because he's shooting aggressively. He'll get you some rebounds. So if he's going to be out there again, he's in play for me on both sides. But Howard, he's not completely dead to me yet. What I what I wrote down next to him in big markers, big letters was GPP. All right. So there's no way I'd play him in a cash game. But if he is starting, and of course we'll have that news, I do think there's a chance that he could make a major impact on this slate. Because, you know, if you watch those eight minutes when he was out there in game four, you know, his timing was just a tiny bit off. There were a couple lobs into him in the paint. One of them, I think, was uh, a block, actually, where Jimmy Butler timed it and and blocked him. And another one, he just sort of went up and he lost it and you know, if the timing was just a little bit different, he, he could have two dunks there. And, you know, maybe Vogel looks at that and says, OK, I like how Dwight's contributing. Maybe he gets another shot, uh, you know, later in the game. Or, you know, if, if AD gets in foul trouble, you know, maybe he gets out there. So if he starts, I think there's a chance that he gets, you know, the run that I thought he was going to get. I thought he was going to get, you know, more like 20 minutes in game four. I thought with Bam back, they'd get him out there you know, each half at least, and it just didn't happen. But, you know, again, I, I don't think I don't think it's a, a bad move to play him. In fact, I think it's smart for the Lakers to use his size and strength because he is a dominant force. And with, you know, when he's out there with AD and, you know, the rest of the Lakers, they are really tough to deal with on the boards. I, I think it's an advantage for the Lakers. So we'll have to wait and see, um, you know, if he's in the starting lineup, I, I'm not going to play him in cash. But uh, I do think he's worth considering for GPPs. You know what's what's interesting, uh, speaking of that, and normally when, when we're a point-counterpoint and have completely different views on something, I think you're usually more right than I am. So I'll give you that. <laughs> but on this one, I think I got you because the big thing that we talked about before this started was are the Heat going to have to adjust and play bigger to deal with the Lakers or will the Lakers play smaller to deal with the Heat? And we sort of took opposite ends. And if you've watched this transpire over these games, Vogel has continued to go smaller and smaller right. and smaller to just deal with the athleticism of the Heat. And it's worked very well for them. So that's part of my reason. I mean, McGee is not is going to be a did not play coach's decision, which we figured he may start a lot of these games in this final series. Howard's being somewhat phased out, pretty much. I mean, after the uh, short runs. And they're using Morris and and going smaller uh, to deal with the heat. And I, I, you know, I figured they would do that because uh, just the athleticism, you know, and they want to keep taking the three away because they have so many three-point threats. So I feel good that, you know, just because of the momentum of that direction, and, you know, they're on the doorstep of locking it down and winning 4-1. You know, if you're, if you're getting something that's working, why flip the switch back and go big again when, you know, you seem to have them where you want them? So that's my thought there. Right. And, and the place I'll agree with you on is, A, that it's it's working from the sense that if you look at the scoreboard, they're up 3-1. So, you know, why upset the apple cart? We're up 3-1 here. You know, we just beat Miami with Bam by going small. Um, but 
I don't think that that necessarily means it's actually the best strategy for the Lakers. I, I you know, I've said multiple times I've I've interacted with our members on this topic, and I think Spolstra is getting what he wants. He's getting this the the matchups that he wants the small against small because he can't match up with the Lakers size. So I, I think Vogel has just decided, all right, we're going to go small. This is how we're going to do it. And yeah, we're, we're up 3-1. So it, it's worked in that sense. But that doesn't mean they can't actually play better with Dwight Howard out there. And so it's just a, a matter of will they try it? They, 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 they probably don't feel like they need to because they're up 3-1. And that's why I agree with you on the other point of what's most likely to happen. I think yeah. it's most likely that they're going to go with a similar rotation and Morris is going to get significant minutes. But, you know, I, I'll still say that I don't think that that's necessarily the ideal strategy because uh, I think Dwight Howard it, it gives them an edge that Morris doesn't. You know, um, obviously Morris gives them uh, a, a dynamic that Howard doesn't with the perimeter shooting. And for him to be also be able to bang inside and rebound, I mean, that's why he's so versatile. Um, yeah. So I, I, and I, I see why they want to play Marquise Morris when when he is producing. But you know, how about you the- know, let, let me just throw one more thing into sure. that because it's been so fun to watch this play out and and just see the different strategies and and everything. And and again, this is this is not a solicit. I haven't read this or this is just me surmising from watching the game plan how things are taking place. I really believe Tyrone Lou as the assistant there. Uh, to uh, Vogel, he coached uh, LeBron. He knows that you can play small because LeBron plays the five when he wants to. He can bull his way in there. There's sometimes more continuity. The paint doesn't get uh, clogged up with Howard or McGee, you know, flashing in there. They just get out of the way and let LeBron pound it. And it also opens up, you know, some drivability for Anthony Davis. So, I think Tyrone Liu has pushed hard for Vogel to go smaller. That's This is just a gut feeling from watching the way the strategy has unfolded and that they've had some success with it. And I think Spolster's actually the opposite. I think he was hoping they would stay bigger so they could pull Davis away, make him guard somebody away from the basket, get him you know out of there, and then open up some of those three-point shots. Because if you remember, there, you know, when they did play bigger, and Howard would be running out to try to get a hand up on somebody getting a wide open three because the rotation is different when you have multiple bigs in there. So I think Vogel's done a great job with, with Lou's help to sort of counter-react. And then poor Spolster, I mean, you know, his his trump card, you know, when he lost Bam for that period of time was and and then Drogic, his leader, I mean, you know, it's it's tainted to me a little bit. I think it would have been a much better series, and I wish those two guys would have stayed healthy throughout. But anyway, I just wanted to mention that because it's just, you know, in looking at the strategy, I think that's how it's going to end up playing out. And that's just goes to show the positionless, tremendous uh, LeBron. I mean, he changes the whole game. He's the point guard and he's the center. I mean, nobody else can do that. Yeah, that's that's fascinating stuff. And I agree. I mean, Nothing like having that wild card of LeBron, both on the offensive and defensive ends, to be able to play one through five and just make everything work. So yeah, um, it is fun to watch um, You know the, the strategies play out on both sides. Now, in terms of the rest of the Lakers roster here, uh, 
Yeah. You've got uh, two mid-tier guys who've been pretty consistent for the Lakers in Rondo and KCP. You know, KCP yeah. getting to the rim last game, obviously, mm. you know, sticking some from the perimeter. He even mixed in five assists. Um, but will either of those two guys make your lineups? Well, you know me. I hate chasing points. I hate to chase guys coming off a good game because they're always like 10, 15, 20% over them. KCP was terrific. I thought he was a difference maker uh, for a big stretch of that game. He really was good. You know, his price is 5,600. You know, I'm looking at him, but I lean more towards Rondo at 62. I mean, Rondo's just a vet. I mean, this is a closeout game. He's a closeout guy. And I can see him just doing some really cool things. Now, sometimes you have to put up with some of his nonsense. He does some weird stuff out there. Yep. You know, some of his off-the-bank board lobs and, you know, one-handed bizarre passes. But when it's clutch and it's closeout time, he's going to get steals. He's going to finish shots. He's even going to hit some threes. So because of, of everybody wanting to jump on the Pope bandwagon, uh, if I can afford a few more bucks, I think I feel more comfortable in cash with Rondo. Okay. Yep, I, I think I do too. Uh, I do think he'll step up here in this big game. Um, so he's certainly in play. You know, there's a couple different builds I've been playing with on DraftKings where you can play Rondo with LeBron or AD. And same thing with Pope where you got to do one of the cheap guys and one of the expensive guys. And yeah. in those builds, I think I'm going to go with uh, Rondo with AD because we've seen so many times where they play the two-man game together. Yeah. And then in a couple other lineups, I'm going to stick LeBron with KCP because, again, uh, we've seen that 100 times now recently where LeBron loves to drive and kick, and yeah. one of the favorite shooters he'll kick out to is KCP. So there's a lot of correlation between those two guys, and there's a lot of correlation with Rondo and AD who just seem to have that you know, that unspoken connection where, you know, they just kind of waken each other, a little head nod, a little shoulder shrug, and before you know it, AD spins, Rondo throws it right to the rim, and you got a nice alley-oop. Yeah, no, that's a great point, and I, I like that 2v2, you know, play that one, the two guys or the other two. Uh, you know, the the shell build that I have right now, you know, is, is Bam, Butler, and Rondo being able to be in there, uh, with either Davis or LeBron. So you can make that work if you go cheaper in, in the other two spots. Uh, so there, you know, you can stack still here pretty darn well. You know, the big decision is which one is the captain. And, you know, for me, uh, do you go with Davis or LeBron? You know, that's one or the other because it just it makes it fit one way or the other. But I like your, you know, your theory there, which makes me want to lean toward Davis if I am going to roster Rondo for the exact reason you said that they do run that pick and roll, they clear out really well. And those guys know it too. If you see him, if, if Rondo's taking the ball, especially to the left side of the floor, Rondo likes to go to the basket right-handed, but he'll go to the left side to set it up. And if he's not going to go to the hoop, generally Kuzma, whoever else, they'll clear the heck out of there and it'll be a two-man game with Rondo and Davis. And that's very, very tough to stop. Because as soon as you come over and double, then they're going to kick it to one of the wide open guys like KCP or Morris or somebody to knock down a three. So I like it. I think that that gives me 
as of right now, a slight edge to Davis over LeBron for our listeners. So not trying to leave everybody hanging. Okay. Final two guys I want to ask you about for the Lakers are Caruso and Kuzma, uh, because those are the guys who are a little bit cheaper. They're not getting quite as many minutes as Rondo and Morris. But do you think either one of those guys could step up, let's say in a GPP, and potentially have a spike game? They could. Uh, I'm I'm passing on both of them in this game. I think there's enough value with a few veterans that I trust more, and their minutes have fluctuated, and their performance has fluctuated. So I just I can see on a GPP, but for me in cash, I'm going to pass on those two guys. Okay. Yeah, and I think uh, you know they're both in play for me. I'm going to keep playing with it. I. I do lean Caruso a little bit just because of his price on DraftKings. He fits into some lineups. He's yeah. four, fourteen hundred cheaper than Kuzma, which I, I think Caruso's Caruso's too cheap on DraftKings. So he is in play over there. He does make some things work. Um, so I, I'm going to consider him there. So uh, in terms of finalizing these lineups, again. I want to invite folks to come in as a member. And then what we'll do is we'll give out the FanDuel cash lineup, a cash hybrid lineup you can use in cash games or single entry GPPs. Uh, Coach uh, really focuses on that, his his bread and butter. We give out a GPP lineup on FanDuel that you can just plug and play. And then we give out the core on DraftKings. And then with our other sports, like you mentioned, we give out the coach's clipboard, like on the main slate for NFL. Uh, so uh, certainly invite folks to come in as a member at DFSCoachTalk.com and take advantage of our lineups. Uh, I want to mention on social media, you can follow all of us on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. We'd love to interact with you there. You can follow the coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. You can follow me on Twitter at Language Olympic. Our, main, uh, our man Sugar Shane is on Twitter at D-E-T sports shane as as coach mentioned we'd love to have you give us that thumbs up and subscribe on youtube our charity of choice here is mambaon3.org m-a-m-b-a-o-n-t-h-r-e-e and i want to mention the next couple shows here uh this is wednesday so uh if you're listening wednesday night uh, still time to check out our pga podcast that posted uh, this afternoon for the event in Vegas. And then tomorrow, Thursday, we'll have two NFL podcasts up, one for the showdown uh, slate and uh, one for a Sunday main slate preview where we go game by game uh, throughout the NFL. So certainly invite you all to tune into those. Coach, um, as the analyst here, any final thoughts on game five of the NBA Finals? You know, I think it's going to be a good game. I really do. I think it's going to be a hard-fought game. I think the key guys are the right plays. I don't see this game blowing out or anything like that. So, you know, arranging that lineup with the right value is the key. And uh, I think it's going to be terrific. I, I do feel like uh, it's going to be tight, but I do think uh, that L.A. will close it out. I mean, they've got the experienced guys, the closeout guys, you know, and you can't uh, underestimate a Rondo, you know, an AD uh, and LeBron, these guys that have been in the league a long time playing against a lot of these young guys from Miami. I will say if it is, and we don't do any more NBA games this season, it it has been a fantastic NBA year. It's been uh, our success 
rate has hovered right around 80% in our 50-50 uh, uh, cash game every night, uh, which is the best in the industry. And we're not bragging, we're not, we're just telling the facts and just very proud that we're able to break things down here, talk them through, and we've done that on a consistent basis. So, you know, it's, I, I hope basketball keeps going. I, I'm going to be rooting for the heat just for that reason. But if it does end, we'll be back certainly in January with, you know, a, a full NBA format. It'll always be a seven-day-a-week podcast. It'll always be our main sport. But, you know, if you're mainly a basketball guy and it does end, you got to jump in with us on the other sports. Right now with baseball, we are just hammering it. In fact, today we're, we're sweating out an awesome game where we had three of our first guys, four guys, uh, Homer, we had – Five and two-thirds shutout innings. So, I mean, baseball's been great. Uh, Shane and Andrew do an absolutely phenomenal job in football. And golf has been a nice, profitable deal. And like like Andrew said, catch our podcast that we posted earlier today. And then Wednesday's the best day, day to join, in my opinion, because tonight you'll, you can sweat out some MLB with us. You can get our uh, lineups that we'll be posting uh, on in our uh Discord for PGA, and then you jump right in tomorrow with all the football action and baseball action because we've got some great baseball playoffs too. So tremendous job, great job hosting. I think I like the analysts' role better. Well, I like easier, right? Letting you, it is. I like it. I like it. This might we may have to trend this for a while. We'll have to give us some, some responses. Tell us uh, on YouTube or Twitter if if you the switching of the roles, or maybe we'll just flip-flop once in a while and, and switch it up. So great job as usual, though. I enjoyed uh, being on this end of it. It's, uh, it's, it's fun, and hopefully we gave some good advice for people to take some stuff down. Yeah, and like you said, it was a terrific summer with the NBA. Really enjoyed all the podcasts that we did and uh, had a lot of fun trying to help our listeners build winning lineups. Like you said, I kind of root for the heat here so we get another shot at it, get a game six to talk about we'll get you know some more pressure situations out of the court because that's what it's all about uh we, we love the action but we thank all of our listeners here for joining us with these nba podcasts throughout the summer hopefully we'll get at least one more if not like coach said make sure to join us in january uh, for the new season and continue to join us uh, this fall for our golf and football coverage so that will do it here for the game five preview on behalf of the coach joe sarvati and the rest of the dfs coach talk team I am Andrew Hansen. Thank you so much for joining us and be sure to tune in for our next podcast as we look to crush it in DFS.